Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market-cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. Accelerator Podcast. Hunter Lowry here. I'm a financial advisor and my goal is to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. All right, markets are down today, taking hits left and right across all different sectors, kind of just getting pummeled. And you might be shocked to hear the reason why, probably not, because of interest rate hikes, inflation, and Jerome Powell. Yeah, I know, weird. Probably weren't expecting that. We've only been talking about that for the last year and a half, it seems like. It's just, it's not going away. It's here to stay for a while. So Jerome Powell, he gave his testimony this morning and it left the markets on edge to say the least. So a couple key quotes that he said. Uh, first, he said that the data from January on employment, consumer spending, manufacturing production, and inflation have partly reversed the softening trends that we had seen in the data just a month ago. So basically, you know, as we thought that inflation might be slowing down and people are starting to think, well, maybe we're coming over the other edge of this thing and maybe they're going to be able to stop the rate hikes uh, and let the economy breathe a little bit, maybe put a little fire back to the economy. He's saying, nope, inflation's coming in too hot. We're going to have to stay coarse. Um, so another quote, he said, although inflation has been moderating in recent months, the process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and it's likely to be bumpy. As I mentioned, the latest economic data have come in stronger than expected, which suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates is likely to be higher than previously anticipated. And that is just the kiss of death to the markets for today. But I mean, not surprising. I mean, the market was starting to think that maybe the rate hikes would slow down, but as long as inflation is not decreasing at the speed necessary to cool it off and to get back to that 2% number, they're going to have to keep raising rates. And then guess what happens with more rate hikes? Stocks go down. And that's what we've seen today. Everything got hit hard. So the tough part is now, are we going to have a soft or a hard landing? Can the Fed pull this off where they increase the rate hikes to the perfect amount where inflation gets back to around that 2% year-over-year number, and then the market just releases its tightly held breath and we we go on living uh, happily ever after. You know, that's very, very hard to do. There's always a lagging effect. Just because the Fed raises rates now does not mean that we're going to see that in the numbers next month or the next month. Or I, I mean, even within the next six months, it's it lags a long ways. And that's what's so difficult about this maneuver. You know, how hard do you step on the brakes when you're driving a car so that you don't slide out of control, but you also don't hit the car in front of you? It, it's a feel thing. And then, you know, time's going to tell if the Fed can accurately pull this off. So expect more volatility over the next six months. 
nothing new. I mean, that's not surprising. We've, t- <laughs> we've talked about this for what feels like far too long, but we're just in a weird spot bouncing back and forth, gains one day, losses another. feels like nothing's really happening. But year to date, just so you know where everything's at, the NASDAQ, which pummeled down 33% last year, it's up 11% year to date. Tech stocks have rallied. Um, you know, they got beat up so, so hard. A lot of people, a lot of investors thought they were undervalued. Jump back in. We've seen a little bit of momentum within the tech space. The S&P is up about three and a half percent year to date. And the Dow Industrials is down about one percent year to date, which the Dow actually led the charge, <laughs> led the charge. That's funny to say it lost the least amount last year. Felt like the one of the main winners out of the major indexes. But, you know, the Fed still sees inflation as a big issue that's leading us towards a potential recession. It's weird, though, because we talk about that, and then you look out in the real world of what's going on, there's a serious disconnect. People are still spending like crazy. I don't know if you've traveled lately or tried to go to any restaurants or anything, but flights are packed, restaurants are packed, people are spending, and people are actually taking on more debt than ever. Guess what household debt just hit? I mean, it's a almost unfathomable number. It, it sounds like um, almost the U.S. budget deficit, <laughs> but household debt just hit $16.9 trillion. Not millions, not billions, trillions dollars. $16.9 trillion of household debt. So debt is reaching all-time highs. Inflation is rising. Interest rates are rising. You know, that is not a recipe for success for those individuals that are taking on a lot of debt right now. Millennials in their 30s, they have added over $3.8 trillion in debt, and they're starting to miss credit card and loan payments at some of the highest rates that we've ever seen. And it's just crazy to think, you know, how much people are just stretching themselves so unbelievably thin in all different directions that they cannot pay their car loans, their mortgages, or their credit cards. That's not an inflation issue. That's that's not an interest rate hike issue. That's a budgeting issue. That's a personal finance issue. That's not a macroeconomic issue. If you are debt-free with a reasonable mortgage payment and you're able to utilize your income to its full potential instead of paying everybody else besides yourself, then yeah, inflation stinks. Nobody likes paying more at the gas station or the grocery store, but it's not the end of the world for you. It's more just something to talk about and complain about. You're not worried about getting your car repoed. You're not losing sleep at night wondering how you're going to pay your bills. Yes, it sucks, but it's not going to kill your financial goals. And we're going to talk more about that uh, in the next episode. I'm going to do a, a little bit of a series on the best steps to take in order to build your wealth in the most efficient manner. But back from my little tangent here. The stock market does not equal the economy. They're not the same thing. They do not perfectly coincide with each other. So now that we know rates are rising, what should we do? I mean, Powell has come out and told us we're going to have to continue to raise rates and probably more than we uh, originally thought. So do we panic and sell? Of course not, right? First off, I don't invest for 2023. I invest for 2033. You cannot get caught up in the everyday market action that's taking place right now and try to make changes to constantly keep up with it. It's impossible. We don't know what's coming next. So we have to continue thinking long-term. But that being said, it doesn't mean that we can't make some changes. We can't rebalance a little bit uh, in order to navigate the current market. We do want to do this and we do want to pick some sectors that are more appropriate. So one specific thing that we're doing right now is lengthening our duration on the bond side. So within the bond world, the longer the duration that you have, 
the more exposed you are to changes in interest rates. Remember, bond prices and interest rates move inversely of, of each other. So when interest rates go up, bond prices go down. So a bond that matures in three years will have a larger price change when interest rates change than a bond that matures in three months. That three-year duration makes that bond more exposed to interest rate change. So now Powell just told us again today, they are not done raising rates. They're staying the course, potentially raising rates higher than we thought until they see inflation coming back down where they want it to be. Okay, Hunter, if you're telling me that rates are going to go up, and bond prices are going to go down when rates go up, especially longer duration bonds, they get hit harder. Why would you want to go into longer duration bonds right now? Well, I'm glad that you asked. <laughs> I think that we can all agree that the time frame of the Fed raising rates, it's closer to the end than the beginning. They're probably not going to have to raise rates by another 5%. If they have a few more rate hikes and depending on inflation numbers, of course, maybe they hike up another one to one and a half percent total. So if we're on the back end of this rate hike cycle, the longer duration bonds already took the bulk of the beating. And we talked about this before, right? The bond ag last year was down 13%. And that was a black swan event. That's never even happened anywhere close before. They, the, the largest that the bond ag had ever been down previously was negative 3%. And we were down 13%. I mean, that is a beating in the bond market. So why would we not want to add exposure to something that's already overly beat up and they're getting set up with some strong headwinds when the rate hikes finally do end? Plus, you can get 5.2% on a one-year treasury right now. So again, a year ago, we were sitting in more cash. We were sitting very short duration bond funds in order to limit our interest rate risk. So now we're going to begin to add longer duration after the next couple of rate hikes in anticipation for them to begin to slow down while also taking advantage of buying an asset class that's been extremely beat up over the past year. But again, that's not an insanely crazy change. That's not jumping in and out of cash. That's not moving 80% of the portfolio around. That's not trying to time any events coming up. That's just making a small rebalance to take advantage of what the market's giving us. So again, we have to keep the long-term perspective in mind and invest for five to 10 years down the road, not for the next six months. It's going to continue to be shaky out there. You really want to make sure that you have a good grasp on your portfolio and you want to make sure that you're set up correctly in order to reach your specific financial goals. And if that's something that I can ever help with, if you would like to talk about your specific goals and a path that you can take to reach those goals while taking on the least amount of risk, I would love to help you. You can always schedule a free one-on-one -on -one call with myself. You know where to find me. Go to hunterlowry.com. You can book a discovery call there and it'll give you a link to my personal calendar. I hope that helps. Hope that gives some insight to uh, what the Fed had said today and maybe some steps that you can take uh, within your portfolio to help out the, at least the fixed income side of things. All right, guys, it's a great day to have a great day. Take care, everybody. <music>